This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. He is so charismatic. Well, if podcast episodes were the number of languages spoken at the Tower of Babylon, the number of names of God according to the Kabbalah, the number of people martyred along with Imam Hussein at the Battle of Karbala, or the number of virgins that a Muslim martyr would receive on entering paradise, you'd know this has to be episode 72 of The Harmonious Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot, of, uh, a lot of connections for the number 72. Yeah, it must have a very uh, significant religious meanings did you guys know that before this like that number when you think about that number did you know well i'm counting on some of those things happening so yes (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the show (laughs) (laughs) so just three of us tonight you guys we're back in the the triforce yeah yeah how's ty doing i'm pretty good yeah yeah i just took a trip to portland i uh i recommend portland as a city nice to check out i heard they have a big open air drug problem right now did you see any of that open open air drug like they've just uh, legalized all these drugs and i saw these articles that were well, like it's basically should... like a drug market okay well any problems i uh, nothing too noticeable but okay, one good. little anecdote um is i was standing in front of a store where you could buy marijuana uh-huh. and some some women walk came up to me and just asked where i could find where they could find mushrooms oh wow and just because of my proximity to the, the weed store they assumed i knew yeah. And I, and I just said I, yeah. I was, I'm not from around here, so <laughs> otherwise maybe I could, but try sure. to play cool. <laughs> did you go to Voodoo Donuts? Uh, no. Last time I was there, I did. Yeah. Cool well, city. We're, we're finishing up the school year right now. That's what's happening with us. Yeah. And uh, you guys are excited for summer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Listeners should probably know you've gotten used to us every two weeks. Yeah. And we love being in your ears every two weeks. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a scaling back operation this summer, we think. Yeah. Maybe just one episode per month instead of two. Like yeah. a sabbatical kind of. Yeah. But we're not really committing to that. It's kind of just like we're predicting. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're throwing it around. We'll see. We're just giving that little warning yeah. that there may not be one every two weeks for the next couple of months. So we'll still nestle into your brain <laughs> ever so right. often. Um, just not as often. All right. But you know what? We got seventy something episodes. You can you can dig back. Yeah, into. go back. Mm-hmm. Listen to your favorites. Tell us which ones those are. Yeah. Um, I hope we've gotten better at this. So go listen to an early one and just listen to how absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> episode three, for example. I will say that the original episode called Consensus is not available on Spotify or anywhere, but I have it, and it oh, is you do? hilariously bad. Okay. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that one could day, be a midsummer release. Yeah. It has but why? <laughs> yeah. I hope we're better now. I hope. Um, all right, cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about something weird tonight. Yeah, something that I really want to get into. I think you probably could, will be able to tie the theme into the intro. Yeah, I think you will. Yeah, but before that, mm. let's recommend some things. Mm-hmm. This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive. Fresh, simple eats in central Alberta. Their love for building others up is as delicious as their burger of the month. And welcome back to the show. I'm going to recommend a product that you guys are probably never going to get. 
And most of our listeners probably won't get it either. But if you are someone who wants to own a keyboard and you want like to own a computer an, keyboard? No, we're talking musical keyboard. Okay. <laughs> um, I, uh, something I've wanted for many, many years is called a Nord, a Nord keyboard. They're red. They're kind of known for being red. Mm. And I bought uh, like a full-size Nord called a Stage 2. And it sounds like I'm bragging. I kind of am. It's kind of a confession because <laughs> of how expensive it was. But it's so awesome. And I've you know wanted one for a lot of years, and it's just nice to have sort of like the top of the line instrument. And um, gosh, it just sounds gorgeous. Hmm. Just plays gorgeous, sounds amazing. So if you're in the market for a keyboard that you're going to regret the amount of money you spent on it, it's the Nord. <laughs> it's the Nord Stage Two. <laughs> they sort of make different kinds of keyboards, like an, an organ or a synth or a piano. This one kind of has everything in in sort of one. Cool. So you'll probably Is hear it- some new jingles pretty soon too because I'm having fun with it. Is yeah. it full size? Like, yeah. Is it yeah, it's 88 keys, keyboard. weighted keys. Um, the last keyboard I had was a Yamaha, but it had like built-in speakers. It was just a beast to move around. This thing doesn't have that, so you can, a little more portable. And mm. Yeah, I got it secondhand on Kijiji, so thanks to Jason. Appreciate that. Shout out to the guy who was told to sell his Nord. <laughs> yeah. He also knows about uh, the podcast, so. Really? He, yeah. You never know. Because of you or before that? Yeah, we chatted about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, hey, maybe not, Jason's listening to this about episode. it now. Yeah. We do have a, a listener named Jason, though, so hi to him, too. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Nord Stage 2. Mm. Awesome. I'm going to recommend a restaurant in Red Deer called Shiso. This also involves spending a lot of money. I went for a Japanese <laughs> <laughs> for sushi tonight uh, just before coming here. I had a beautiful dragon roll, maki, and uh, spicy tuna. Oh, okay. And it's See? so good. So Is that at the top of the hill? Top of the South Hill. Yeah. Beautiful view, actually. A storm kind of came through while we were eating, and a nice rainbow appeared, and the city's so green right now. It was just a great location and great food. Okay. Nice. I'm going to recommend something that does not cost any money. It's a podcast hmm. called Escaping... Escaping? Or Escape? Yeah, I think it's Escaping Nexium. Mm-hmm. Um, Nexium is spelt N-X-I-V-M, yeah. I believe. And uh, yeah, it's a great podcast. Ta- tells the the story of a um, of a cult, um, and kind of the the victims share their stories, and mm. you learn a lot, and it's intriguing, kind of crazy stuff. So, escaping Nexium as a podcast. So why why is the podcast interesting, Ty? Well, yeah, you can't some when you hear someone tell their story of being kind of like duped or like sucked into something you on one hand can't believe that they fell for it. Mm -hmm. But when it's like firsthand accounts, you also, it's like terrifying that like that someone could be duped. (laughs) Like, yeah. Cause it makes you think like who else is being duped or am I being, am I in a cult? Am I being manipulated in some way? And it's, Mm. yeah, it's also, yeah, just super well produced Mm -hmm. and, yeah, it's put together really well. Relatable. Are, yeah. are you guys currently or have you ever been in a cult? Not to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. not. That I've never right. escaped from a cult. <laughs> so <laughs> right. if oh. I am in one, I'm still in one. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think so. Have you ever been the leader of a cult, Graham? Um, not to my knowledge. <laughs> you, you'd have a chance. <laughs> you guys, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, and actually, this reminds, it's almost like a, a springboard from our conspiracy theory episode. I feel like there's going to be a lot of similar themes. Yeah. Um, we right. talked about how we, or a few of us, um, found ourselves believing conspiracy theories. And so I think there's some overlap there for sure mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to cults. Um, first, though, let's play a fun game of what's your favorite <laughs> cult? 
favorite cult. Can't wait. So you called this, or you kind of intro this segment as your favorite cult. Which <laughs> yeah, that may have been a poor choice of words. <laughs> I mean, you know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with my my recommendation and talk about Nexium. But I wouldn't say it's my favorite cult. Like I okay. like it, or um, most interesting, or, or yeah, like it's intriguing, or it's one that I think has a yeah, just a really interesting story and. It's a little different from other cults too. A lot of cults are kind of based on a religion or Mm -hmm. um, the afterlife. This, from what I remember and what I know about it, was kind of based on like multi-level marketing and kind of like a self-help seminar that uh, you could sign up for. But then kind of the further you got, the more involved you got in the, with Nexium, Mm -hmm. the kind of the darker it got. And it, I mean... I just remember from listening to the podcast and a little bit of reading, like there was women who would be to be get to the next level of, of what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. They would have to do, um, yeah, kind of like pornographic or kind of sexual acts and then also ask to be branded. I'm, I'm not right. sure if it was like directly by the, the head of this, the cult. Yeah. I think his name is Keith Rainier or Ranier or something like that. But yeah, it was kind of definitely at his behest. No, no, right. Yeah. Like everyone kind of, he was the guy, he was the man, like he Mm -hmm. was the, the top of the pyramid. He was the one kind of passing down instructions on how to climb the ladder. And it was all based on like self-help. Yeah. Yeah. Like little, you sign up for a one hour seminar and then you sign up for a three hour seminar and then a one week retreat. And and I, yeah, it was just Mm. kind of a crazy crazy story and um i'm pretty intrigued by the whole multi-level marketing world too not intrigued in like i want to get involved but mm-hmm. like <laughs> intrigued because i know people who are involved and um yeah yeah so nexium was sort of like it, it feels like it's sort of a few things overlapping in a way right yeah like it's not just multi-level marketing it's not just self-help yeah. there's like a cult of personality when it comes to the leader yeah, he's this sort of like amazing leader, and then abuse too from the leadership that results in diehard allegiances and right, right, doing th- things you wouldn't normally do. And I think I and I could be mixing up stories. I'm sure uh, listeners will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think there is like he would request women to divorce their husbands, like if if they were if the husband was snooping around or like critical of what was going on. Like I think it was. That sounds very similar because when you I tell you about my favorite cult, you'll realize that there's a pattern here. Oh, there's going to be patterns for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's currently serving like 120 years in federal prison for uh, a, a large number of charges. Yeah. I was reading earlier um, that he's behind bars, but there's still recruitment going on. He still encourages it. What? Yeah. There's still it people still exists? I was just going to say that. I, well, think, here, I think Nexium, the brand still exists. Yeah. Like I it's... think the company suspended operations, but I think there's still... There's members that are like dancing outside his jail and protesting. Um, this article says they 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 estimate fifty to sixty people are still loyal to him after all this came out. So that just speaks to 
Yeah, that's cult what status. What we're talking about. Cult, yeah, cult status. It doesn't really matter what happens. It's just the power that he has over these people. Wow. Which is um, kind of unfathomable in some ways. Huh. Yeah, that's a good one, Ty. Next oh, game. Chris, what's your favorite? Um, when I was in high school, there was an event in Waco, Texas. Uh, uh, listeners will probably recognize the name David Koresh. He, that's not his real name, but uh, the leader at the time of a group of people called the Branch Davidians, who were an offshoot of um, Seventh-day Adventists back in the early 90s, I think. Or not 90s, early 1900s. And then there was kind of like a couple of schisms or breakoffs from the main church and then led to this place where people were, a small group of people were following kind of their own path, thinking they were chosen by God and required to live together and we're going to kind of usher in the second coming of Christ to the point where this David Kresh character had a compound, had a lot of people living with him um, and was going to, I think he called himself the lamb and was going to kind of be like a John the Baptist character that would precede the second coming of Christ, but that he might even father (laughs) the second coming of Christ by having sexual relationships with a lot of the women that were in the compound. But in 93, the FBI and the, I think the Albert, Alberta, uh, ATF, like the firearms and tobacco, whatever that acronym is, um, stormed the compound and a lot of people died, like over a hundred because they launched tear gas. There's really good shows about it that kind of show that Mm -hmm. siege and then the, the people who died. And that was a really terrible event and didn't have to happen, I don't think. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how it culminated. And I don't know if that, cult or that group of people still exist the branch davidians or it kind of came to a mm-hmm. crashing halt at that time but it was sure right. captured the news cycle for a long time in the 90 late early 90s when all that was going on and yeah um well there's that mini series right waco is what it was yeah, called recently? yeah yeah i think Which it's on is maybe on hbo or netflix and it's really well done and actually yeah. po- you know paints like a a pretty sympathetic picture of the branch davidians it's not like they were like yeah. sacrificing people or doing, no. you know, there was probably some weird sexual stuff going on oh, and also some kids who were probably being held against their will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the fact that all of them ended up dying, like seemed a bit of a overreach. And the miniseries made it quite a bit about the, the gun trafficking mm-hmm. that they were doing. Like yeah. that was funding kind of their, their operation. Yeah, that's right. And then that's why the, yeah, the whatever, whatever is, that like is. The, yeah. Yeah. And the, the documentary made it, kind of shed them, uh, them in a bad light, put them yeah. in a bad light that they like were over aggressive and the, mishandled the situation. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah like, nuanced and, they yeah. also, but also they didn't like David correct. No, he wasn't made to he look wasn't like meant a to hero. Be the hero. He was no, yeah, that's sleeping right. with everybody's wives and stuff. So yeah. he was. Okay. So that's two male two cult leaders who have sex with as many young women as they can. <laughs> okay. What do you got, Graham? <laughs> kind of the same thing actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, we definitely have to pinpoint uh, like <laughs> what a cult is, but um, I was we, we've talked about the book Under the Banner of Heaven before on the podcast, which is about mm-hmm. um, some fundamentalist Mormon groups in the states. So just to be clear, um, this is not about the Kerman, uh, the current L LDS, right Latter Day Saints, like the the mainstream Mormon Church. That's not what this is about. It's about the fundamentalist group that that holds to very particular beliefs including polygamy um blood killings yeah a lot of a lot of racism um 
just awful thing. So I, the book is fantastic and, and you guys know, know the story, so I don't need to go into it too much, but Joseph Smith, um, it's a very, it's a very American based sort of cult slash religion, right? It's a lot of guns, a lot of fighting, a lot of, a lot of on the run. Joseph Smith was kind of a con man, um, or at least known to be a con man by some, um, <laughs> again, this is tricky because, because there is a, a mainstream Mormon church that I, I would love to know more about maybe one day if we could talk to somebody who's been involved with it, but good idea. But the, but the fundamentalist group that's very clear, like this book was based on some murders that occurred where a, a wife and a child were killed for not following or something to that effect. So just horrific. And, um, but all about, you know, Joseph Smith is all about polygamy. Um, even Brigham Young, you know, same, same deal, right? The, the guy the university is named after. And actually more intense, actually. Yeah. And Joseph Smith. It's one of those things where you look at the modern church and you think, boy, like the people who started this church really, really wouldn't like maybe some of the mainstream things. Like you're, you're kind of not doing some of that stuff. Um, so yeah, it, fascinating figures, of course, um, traipsing across the United States, founding a, a state, essentially, you know, Salt Lake city, yeah. the whole city uh, founded by this group. It's a, quite an amazing story actually. Um, but, uh, any, anyway, I, I, I've, there's a show as well. I haven't seen it based on the book under the banner of heaven, Andrew Garfield, but it just, you know, you read some of this stuff about these leaders and it's like, oh, God told me I need another wife, yeah, sweetie. Yeah. Like it, a lot of it, guys, I don't know. It, it it just feels similar. You need you need another woman, a younger woman. Um, what's up with that? Is that all cults or what? Yeah. And, and I, as you mentioned this, it also seems like there's a connection with Americanism, like individualism are- <laughs> and like God told me uh, mm-hmm. kind of stuff where I'm the leader now I'm in control. Yeah. Do what I say that like, are there cults in other countries? I think so. Well, okay. Bi- wasn't Bikram yoga. We just talked right. about that. Like, like maybe not a cult necessarily, but certainly a faith in a person and a me. But you're like Jim Jones or Hale Bob or, you know, like the <laughs> yeah. heaven's gate guys. Like there's so many yeah. recent stories of weirdness, but yeah, my, my feeling is that they exist everywhere. Yeah. But, but I agree that like, you can name like all the ones that come come to mind or local. Yeah. Kind of localized. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's just pause and then let's try to wrap our heads around what the hell a cult yeah, really what is. What is a cult? Yeah. So I found this article earlier today and uh, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit because I think it does a good job defining um, what a cult is. It says it's a great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. And as a religion or is a religion regarded as unorthodox or spurious. And Chris, a little quiz. Do you know what spurious means? I would guess it means like fake or disingenuous. Right. I, you're correct. As a high school English teacher, mm-hmm. I can confirm. You, can, can, you do concur. Right. So it's, it talks about how, well, this definition anyways, talks Mm -hmm. about, it's just like a devotion to a person, idea, an object or a thing. And and the reason that it's not religion isn't a cult. What's the reason there? Well, I think it's because it's unorthodox or spurious. Like it's like, it's, but that's, that's probably debatable. So there's some bias there that religion is not spurious. mm -hmm. Adam Smith as an example like that. 
it was like Smith. this thing or Joseph Smith. Yeah. Sorry, this. Th- okay. Although Adam Smith's followers would claim yeah. he also okay. is That's yeah. my favorite cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that would be a religious movement that comes kind of after the fact, and then I guess in in looking at that, you could say it is spurious or it is not what it claims to be. But like Palestine, thirty. BCE was Christianity a cult and then it just gained enough followers that yeah, man okay we Tricky. don't have to debate that okay, right now but... another podcast yeah okay. <laughs> but anyway so the definition I'll just say it real quick again great yeah. devotion to a person idea object movement or work okay um, just sorry for a second. Like, like, I always think of it as a person at the top hmm. so I'm having a hard time I, really I'm sure it's true but like yeah. uh, like so an idea how does a cult around an idea look without a person a figurehead right to convey that idea or well, cultivate power well, I, I wonder if something like uh flat earthers could that almost be like a cult okay yeah okay like we all agree that this is it's unorthodox sure. it's spurious yeah. we think but they think maybe. they have like a line on the truth maybe sure yeah mm-hmm. and like i think there's this article also talks about like healthy cults which is a little bit of a weird, what do you call it? An oxymoron, mm. right? Like when you hear healthy cult, those two words seem um, not to fit together. Mm-hmm. But it talks about like if you're a part, like uh, it talks about uh, the Grateful Dead mm. and they have a pretty loyal, um, committed fan base who doesn't necessarily, well, you could argue like worships this group of people and right. the music they make and they spends their time and money on it. Right. Follows like, them around. Yeah. But they, this article argues that it's that's healthy because they're not being mis like they know what they're signing up for. Like they're not duped yeah. or they're not tricked. Right. Like the the Grateful Dead are playing music and trying to obtain fans for their music. Yeah. Like it's These stupid. Fans like the music. It's not harmful. Right. Like it's. Hey, and, but I think we're yourself. all. <laughs> I think we all belong to healthy cults. Hmm. Like, how sad were you guys when the Oilers were kicked out of the playoffs? Cried for days. Yeah. I still haven't recovered. <laughs> you could make an argument that like sports fandom is definitely cultish. Oh, I think Pretty, so. Yeah. Like it becomes a part of your identity. You're willing to sacrifice yeah. things for it. And mm. But I, I don't like the language of healthy cult. Like I almost think we need a new word for it. You know? Well, fandom me, or sure. like... Uh, obsession. Yeah. Obsession. Yeah. Hobby. Yeah. Right. We kind of water that down a bit where it could be is... It actually could be harmful too. We could say a healthy cult isn't harmful, but that might not be true well yeah if someone oh, like you might be spending too much money on it or yeah sacrificing yeah. your family for it or yeah i think the what makes something a healthy cult the cult part is that you are giving things up for this idea or this yeah, person okay. or this movement but then what makes it healthy is that you're not being tricked you kind of know right. what you're paying okay. for, i think that's the difference know. is you're being duped or you're being tricked or manipulated yeah. against your knowledge yeah. or will or yeah. intention um, so would you agree that people who are part of cults don't know they're part of cults? I think yeah. that would have to be the case. Yeah. Or they know they're part of something, but they don't think it's a cult because they don't think it's spurious. Well, if you knew something was tricking you, why would you choose to belong, like continue to believe that or follow that? So like, somehow part of the trick is that you think you've like stumbled onto some kind of truth that other people aren't realizing sure or i wonder yeah. how often you have somebody who's in one and they know it but you can't escape hmm. they're trapped they're maybe that's like the evolution of what sure 
right? Where, you know, you reach a certain point, like I just got branded. This <laughs> is not selling Tupperware. Like something's gone really wrong here. Yeah. Um, and that's crazy. And so it's this super sad. Crazy. Well, I actually, I, I've read something about where like the people who are the most convinced that they would never fall for, that could never be tricked into being in a cult are the most likely to become well, part of a cult. I don't know if I fully agree with that, <laughs> but like mm. when, when you, when you ask people, like when you're talking about cults, I think there's my reaction sometimes just to like roll my eyes. Like how could people be so dumb? But like, I'm sure the people who belong to cults also reacted that way. Well, David Koresh didn't start his meeting with, I need to have sex with your wife so that I can birth the son of God. Like it was like, <laughs> there were steps leading up to that. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think I'm so. Guessing. I don't, I don't think, think, think that was line one. No, line two or three. <laughs> well, I think cult leaders or cults feed off of fears. Right. So like, yes, like uh, if, if someone came up to you and said, Hey, like I have like the, the solution to, your health problems or the, Mm -hmm. your financial problems. Like that's if they can give you a compelling story and you're like, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I, that's like, I I need that. that Like I need to save my family or like, yeah. Um, I lost my job. I don't have any money. Like I, like you get, they prey on vulnerabilities, vulnerability and fear and desperation. I like, right. So we all experience that. So, Maybe we shouldn't. So, be so we're confident. all candidates. Yeah. 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 Would you would you put like a like political leaders in in a, like a, like a Donald Trump like like a blind faith to like a guy like that? Is that a cult? Is that cult ish? Is it similar? You're donating money to a campaign, or you're donating money. Are you being duped? Well, they're different. Like to go back to the article, like is he being when people sign up to be a Trump supporter? Yeah do they know what they're signing up for? Like, are they being, or do they, they think he cares about them, but does he care about them? I guess is a simple way to put it. I don't mean to bring up Donald Trump. I'm sorry. Maybe we shouldn't go there. But, but I would see, I would see things where it's like, how can you not see what I'm seeing? I think politics have the potential to be that way. Like I, you know, even liberals or NDP, like, you, they do use fear tactics, right? Mm-hmm. Conservatives in Canadian politics where you'd, you'd be crazy to vote for the other guy. We have the answer sure. to what families need or what the economy yeah. needs or what. So they still that's how every things. party work kind of works nowadays, it seems. So we just need an, uh, a generation of critical thinkers who. who Don't get duped. Don't fall for that right? stuff. Yeah. So we talked earlier about. Um, should we take a, take a break? What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, we're. Need to catch my breath here. here. Yeah, need another beer. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I meant. I think in our lives we meet a lot of people of influence. So we, I go to church. I'm working a school. I see leaders in the community and I can respect like when people are leaders or doing things for the betterment of others. But I wonder like in a cult, there has to be some sort of element of like brainwashing or maybe that's too strong a word, but do you you think that? No, I don't think so. Like we were talking about healthy and unhealthy cults Mm. 
And I think when we use the word cult, we're often thinking of the brainwashing type. Right. And I, I yeah, like the ones we've listed. I think to be fair, I only learned about healthy cults tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I actually read in the same article I mentioned before, someone had tried to articulate how kind of cult leaders do their brainwashing and use this acronym BITE, like B-I-T-E. Okay. Um, B being for behavioral control. So controlling the behavior of members mm. and then the I for information, yeah, thought and emotion. And those are all controls, like things yeah. to be controlled. Yeah. So like if you're the leader of a cult, you want to control the behavior of your followers, mm-hmm. um, right through the information like that they what receive. They do, like yeah. thing, like you cannot do this or you can right. do this or you must oh, sure. do this. Yeah. And then sure. information. So um, what you're allowed to watch or listen to probably. Yeah. Or like the use of propaganda or um, yeah, those kinds of things. What's and and even just discouraging other, other inter- information. Right. Competing right? Like ideas. Yeah. yeah. And then thought control. Yeah. Like the way you think. Um, so that's not necessarily like do one before the other. It's just, those are the four spheres that you need to like sort of, Kind of like what to of. watch out for. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you can see, yeah. if you sense that someone's trying to change the way you behave, way you think, mm-hmm. and uh, the way you feel. And that one's the trick. The feel one is tricky, I think, because it's maybe harder to know when someone's, if someone's good at it, it's hard to know if someone's manipulating your feelings. Yeah, that's the key, I think. But if you can sense it, then that's a red flag. <laughs> but if you've been controlled in what you're allowed to take in, what you're allowed to talk about what you're allowed how mm-hmm. you're allowed to act the feelings might follow that right right like yeah, the feeling yeah. might come after those things yeah or like, like the manipulation of, of like we mentioned before take like a fear and and prey on that and then mm-hmm. give some kind of positive feelings that's kind of like a reward system or yeah a, well you can see how it's like grooming or like yeah yeah especially if they're younger or children mm-hmm. so Scientology is a cult, yeah? Like, for sure, I would okay. say. I just, <laughs> but, we didn't, we didn't I mean, mention that one, but like, as you mentioned those four things, it's like, oh, that's that sounds like Scientology. I mean, are there are there any good... I'm sure there are, but like, do you guys know of any good documentaries or podcasts about Scientology? Oh, man, yeah. Um, that documentary maker from... Uh, oh, the UK, what's his name? Shoot, I'll look it up later on. Uh, my Scientology movie he made. Oh, okay. And he kind of goes up against them. He has some ex-Scientology members meet with him and like they're following him in the documentary in their vehicles. Like they're tracking him. Like the Scientologists. The Scientologists are, the lawyers. It's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Well, they're pretty powerful. They got a lot of money. They're they well organized. They have a lot of money. And yeah. they're big in Hollywood. So Huge. it's probably hard to go up against them. And it's it's all that stuff you talked about. Like they just, they, yeah. they're just, they're just control everything. David Koresh is the current sort of head of it. One of the big things everyone talks about. David Koresh. Oh, I'm sorry. Not David Koresh. <laughs> He's back? <laughs> oh, man. That's right. it again. Oh, shoot. No, I can't think of the actual leader's name. Yeah. Talk for a sec, Ty. Well, we've, like, I think we should talk. We kind of started to shift towards like the motivation for the brainwashing just in the last little bit there. We might be, maybe we're going away from Scientology. Well, we're not going away from Scientology. But like, I, I think the motivation for controlling people's behavior, controlling the way they think, controlling their emotions is you guys mentioned like power mm. right like the whoever this guy is at the top of scientology well his mm-hmm. name is david miscavige okay david miscavige like yeah he's and like, you know like who he is and what he looks like yeah he's okay. pretty prominent his um 
His wife hasn't been seen for a very long time. And the rumors are that she's definitely not alive. Um, Tom oh. Cruise and him are really good buddies. And they have their whole like sea thing where they have like ships and they, they abuse. It's just, it's awful. You die, you dig a little into Scientology and it is awful. And if me saying Scientology um, makes our podcast appear on any kind of algorithm, um, you can go f- Scientology. Whoa. <laughs> Nice. And it will. And also Top Gun was an awesome movie. Now I feel guilty that I went and watched it. Um, hey, by the way, guys, we talked about earlier. We'll just keep keep going on this, I think. But um, men, I feel like everything we've talked about has been some guy at the top manipulating in all these ways, especially when there's like a, yeah. like a cult head. And I, I would ask you guys, like, did, have you ever heard of any women in charge of cults? Would you mind if I teach you? About yes, a woman? please. Because yeah. as far as I know, there are zero. Well, I, I found one uh, earlier and um, Wait, trans- I thought of one Tupperware. <laughs> Mary Kay. <laughs> Mary Kay and Tupperware, too. I'm kind of just joking, though. We got- I, I have friends who sell Tupperware. <laughs> They're good products. <laughs> okay, so if you guys would just give me a moment here to share with you. Um, sure. I'm reading from an article from historyofyesterday.com. Um, so here we go. It's, it's the most prominent one that I could find. Annie Hamilton Byron, or Byron, Byron, the family. You ready for this? Outside of Melbourne in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, a toxic blend of Christianity, Hinduism, and New Age mysticism came together Mm. under the guidance of one woman, Annie Hamilton Byron. She came from a broken home. She would find solace in Eastern religious and New Age beliefs, first introduced to them via yoga in the 60s. Yoga, entryway, gateway drug. I'm telling you, Bikram. Following the sudden death of her (laughs) husband in a car accident, multiple miscarriages, and as her husband had died, no longer being able to adopt a child. Okay, she had some trauma. Definitely. Yoga appears to have been a solace for her, so she started to teach it. But um, she was alone, isolated, devastated. Um, It seemed like she'd be like a prime victim for a cult, potentially, at this point. Um, she instead became something far worse and would become cause untold damage. She preyed on vulnerable middle-aged women. She found a ready supply of followers. The beginnings of the cult are unclear, but she transitioned from yoga teacher into new age guru. New age beliefs were sweeping the world at the time, and many gurus claimed to have the secret to eternal happiness and f- fulfillment in this life, which is like that wild, wild country documentary we talked about. Yeah. Um, she claimed to be the female incarnation of Christ, and many people believed it. Um... Anyway, it kind of goes on a little bit. Uh, her eyes could pierce their soul. Um, she used this power. Um, people believed her eyes could pierce their soul. She preyed on the most vulnerable, which were children. So um, she took advantage of her connections to doctors and lawyers and officials. She adopted over 28 children over the decades. Um, these were often the children of cult members gifted to her. Oh, her yeah, that's often, normal. Yeah, brought her children from orphanages via adoptions outside legal framework. So she just kind of compiled all these children um, there was a lot of emotional abuse, uh, copious amounts of LSD yes, were involved, which is often the case. Drugs are connected, right? Yeah. Um, which she used to awaken their minds and spirits. And that's one thing we haven't talked about, but like the a chemical, um, you know, addition to these, these groups and giving people these, these What's the emotional and, control or the... Sure. Yeah. And the addiction even too, right? Yeah. Um, they all dyed their hair platinum to match hers. Ooh. Um... She controlled every aspect of their lives. They were told to be unseen, unknown, unheard. Anyway, it kind of goes on. Um, there were some deaths eventually as well. But two children escaped in 87 and someone got suspicious and they raided her uh, group and they fled the country. 
but they eventually came back and they were brought to trial. So um, does it does it say how big this group was? Like it sounds um, smallish to me. Yeah, I mean, twenty eight, thirty yeah. kids. I, I don't think it was is is huge. Um, but a, an example of a female cult leader because we were debating whether there were any. For sure, it seemed like it was all. And there guys. are some, although there there was no. Um, she didn't have fifty husbands. You know, I was kind of expecting a moment like that, but there right. doesn't seem to be. Um, anyway, she was she was a uh, committed. She was uh, arrested for uh, conspiracy to defraud, commit perjury. She paid five thousand Australian dollars to. Oh, basically, yeah. She basically didn't have to serve any time. Oh, great. She just served. She paid a bunch of money to people who sued her. Is it like it seems also like a continuing story that like these guys are or girls are stealing kids, sexually abusing people, and they get caught on like tax right <laughs> fraud? Yeah. Like, What's the? Is the it loss? not illegal to do the other things they're doing? Sure. Maybe it. Maybe it, our system is. It's tough to catch those people. Maybe. Um. Hmm. She died well, in 2019. Okay. From recent dementia, story. Having never been brought to justice. Well, that's where like, I don't like this phrase, but to be a good cult leader, <laughs> like you're not going to get busted on those things because you have effectively brainwashed people mm-hmm. to do things on their own accord. But you right? haven't so brainwashed you be, like the justice system, have you? No, but like if you can, if a, if your followers are defending you or unwilling defending to prosecute you or committing or, crimes that you have manipulated them to do or doing sex acts with you because you have convinced them that's what they need to do like that'd be really hard to prove in court like but maybe a good litmus test if you're wondering if you're in a cult is like am i lying to protect the leader against the justice system of my country sure like that's sort of like yeah well and we maybe you are caught up in something you shouldn't be doing yeah I feel like we could we could kind of keep going. We're we're getting a little late in the episode, but I feel like maybe we could talk about that at the end here. Like we we talk about empathy on our podcast a lot, and yeah. it's like you said earlier, it's easy just to say like I'm not that stupid. I wouldn't you yeah. know fall for this. But as you've said, you you could listen to testimonies and like you do feel you understand maybe. And so I, I do like that, Chris. Where it's like, how what can we be aware of at least? Yeah. At the very or, least, what can we be on the watch? What hedges for? can we put up to protect us ourselves and our listeners from becoming coming? Yeah, members of a cult. Not to open up another can of worms, but also, do cult leaders intend on becoming cult leaders? Well, that's a great question. Like, yeah. Do cult leaders sometimes believe that what they're doing is the truth, or yeah. are they always in it for the money, power? Right. Or is it just like all of a sudden they're doing something, and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, look at what's happening? Yeah. And and then they just I take found it. two people who found two people, and now I cast right. out myself. <laughs> like David Koresh, like does does he actually think <laughs> right. the things that he said? Right. Or is he preying on the vulnerabilities of people who will go along with him? Well, or, or they're not mutually exclusive. I mean, it could be both. It's but. for what, like in that case, in the end, he's having sex with lots of lots of women, and so it feels like that's his motivation. Like his motivation is power, like sex power in the sexual realm. But did right? he at but, one time want to usher in the second coming, and then it was like, oh, like was it his segue goal all the way? Sex with all these people, like from the very mm-hmm. from day one to was it all about sex? Is it, I don't right. know. I, and I, and but, I, w- I would guess it's not maybe from day one, but I think it becomes that. I don't think you can but, be living that, doing that to people and truly believe that it's good. So it's, but, is the motivation just like there's certain people who just enjoy or crave the, the power of controlling other people? Sure. Because like some, in some cults, it's like money. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, and you, you can, 
like you can s- see how someone would want to make more money like that but like this the woman you talked about like what is she getting out of this having more children and these followers who are dying their hair platinum like to me it's just she couldn't have kids herself so she's maybe but it's also just like power like you you feel yeah important good or important and that can maybe be addictive or you well and again we don't have time to really go into this but we talked about like christianity earlier and how what makes that different or what makes certain religions different um and I don't think we're ever that far away from, from that danger. Like we're never, it's a fine line. I think, I think a guy like, um, what's the Mars Hill dude. Or was um, that that podcast? Like, I don't necessarily yeah. think what he was doing was like a cult, but it wasn't Mark far Driscoll. off. Mark it, Driscoll. Yeah. Right. It, yeah, it, it wasn't far. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, yeah. he's got the control, the influence, the guidance, like the, I don't know the power that he's has the answers. And I just think that's, it's dangerous and we have to be on guard because, and maybe you guys, I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, totally. that's a good example because it, it, I mean, it hits close to home Yeah. too. So like, um, I can, I, I think I can believe that Mark Driscoll went into preaching in it for authentic reasons, mm-hmm. but then the thing, then it, it shifted at some point. Like he was about, tempted or, or, yeah, whatever or like, got a taste of power and yeah. control and then that's what the Didn't motivation to, became and so i think like yeah what what does protect you from that like if you think you're beyond accountability that's a bad that's a go. bad sign right if, if people in your life aren't holding you accountable or you don't think they can or you think you're bigger than that like that's a that's bad like that means you're an, that means you're a cult leader well you're getting there you're on I, the I path should, yeah lack of accountability and living outside of community where it's like, yeah, leaders have to be more accountable, not less. Right. And that's what, with the Mark Driscoll thing, like he Nobody eventually could tell him. cut everybody out. Yeah. Like it started out with a lot of accountability <clears throat> and it ended with nobody can tell him right. what to do or what not to do. And whether that's like, cause God told me or because I'm, I know better or whatever it is, it's, that's super dangerous. Yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll get a chance to talk to somebody who has direct experience in a group like this. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I would agree with that. So Mark Driscoll, if you're listening, <laughs> please email the show and we'll sign you up. Tell your story. There's a whole podcast. <laughs> you, hey, like there's a rebuttal here waiting to happen here. I'm not a big fan, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> good podcast too. Yeah. Marcel really podcast. Thanks you guys. It's been nice to hang out again. Feels like it's mm-hmm. been a while. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, um, gather our heads here let's 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 sit quietly contemplate and and confess mm. the deepest uh, darkest aspects <laughs> oh i like the phrase gather our heads you like that <laughs> shall we shall we time to gather our heads and confess <laughs> something um, from the past or, or even further back i my confession you guys is, is a bit of a strange one so i um we all we all shave from time to time we do our faces and i think one of my confessions recently was i i did some shaving my mustache and just botched it right yeah um so i don't i don't have a razor at all like electric razor i've never had one i've i mean i have had them. they don't really work for me mm-hmm. so i've always just shaved right down yeah. Right. With with the razor. 
But now that I have this mustache going, I don't like how it looks when I shave everything down to the skin and have this mustache. You know what I mean? Like I kind of want to have some a little stubble. stubble yeah. But I have no way to make stubble without... Uh, oh, I see. Right? Like I can't really... So I, I, my confession is I'm too cheap to actually buy a razor, so I, I've used scissors. Really? So I'm using <laughs> tiny scissors. Does like that kit, take like kit, forever? Yep. And I, I just basically just cut along. Wow. To cut That's it down, kind of as short as you can, as short as I can with scissors. So it's a, it's it a, seems it's like a, as effective as Red Flintstone with the bee in the clamshell. <laughs> well, hence the confession. I feel like an idiot. Yeah, that but is I, strange. Yeah. Yeah. So the last couple. Last so it couple takes weeks, you like an hour to shave no like it's like 10 minutes it doesn't take that yeah, long like like it's it, for listeners who haven't seen his beard like there's not a whole <laughs> there's lot not much there. to do here like do. if you look at what i got chris this this is it could oh, a couple days still, ago it still takes longer because like, it, it looks even i do a good job but are you yeah, get, making a good. mess like is oh, yeah, it just it's a mess <laughs> it's 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 scissors to trim huh to does it take like an hour no uh, 10 minutes. like 10 15 oh, minutes yeah that's what i said that's i'm getting quick at it it's a confession, guys. Okay, I feel bad about this. All right, like you're looking <laughs> you at like a lot I'm, of shaving confessions. Yeah, my last one was about shaving too. Okay, so that's mine. So, so what I want to do is get it. Well, you're doing up. pretty good considering you're. I yeah. think it looks all right. And clearly, you have a lot of time on your hands. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, I want. I got to get electric razor. So, mustache is looking good though. Thanks, Chris. I'm going to confess to a weakness I have. I think I've talked about this before. That I hate mice. I can't stand mice. Don't mind bugs and snakes. Mice drive me nuts. But I have this weird thing. Where if somebody else is around, I'm usually a little bit better with mice. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm by myself, I scream and cry and run away. Our cat has an awesome habit of catching mice outside and literally bringing them into the house. <laughs> and sometimes they're dead or partly mutilated and sometimes they're partly alive. Oh. Well, I guess they're fully mutilated. alive. Partly mutilated. <laughs> oh, gross. But so the other day I woke up, came downstairs. Our international student and I find a mouse partly mutilated on the floor and he's grossed out and I'm like, no problem. And I get a, you know, I take care of it. But if I was by myself, I probably would like wait till Shannon woke up. So she had to. Yeah. Hey, your cat brought this in. You need to take care of yeah. this. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I just think that's weird. No, I, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, like I am like spiders. I think one of my confessions was my fear of spiders at some point. But I, if my kids are watching me, I am or are around. I'm way braver. Yeah. Than mm-hmm. I would be otherwise. And actually, like when Spencer's home, I make him do the mouse thing. So maybe it's not my own kids. Like I'm trying to put on a brave face for others. Whatever it is, I just yeah. like, why can't I gather that courage when I'm by myself? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just pretend someone's there. Just imagine. I will do that from now on. Okay, try it out. Thanks. Hey, guys, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> New confession. All right, I've got a, I've got an, a critter, a critter related confession. Okay. Um, similar to yours, Chris. Thanks. Um, I'm not a I'm not a very violent person, and I'm very like anti-gun. Mm-hmm. But like, and maybe listeners, you've been hearing the some of the the bird song in the background of this podcast. More likely, you've heard the horrible screeching of magpies. Magpies. Yeah. Oh, they've been they've been driving me crazy lately. Right behind me, up in that <laughs> tree, there's a nest, yeah. and like they're they've been quiet for the last little bit, but. No mercy. I can see them from my window upstairs and I can there yesterday it seemed like they were having a conversation with magpies across the across the way. Oh, yeah. I like they're just and they make a terrible sound. Oh yeah. And they so steal my, other birds' nests. And when I was in when I was in college I saw a I think it was a crow kind of attack a robin's nest in my right in my front yard in front of a big picture window. And 
it was pretty epic. Like it was a battle. Like the mother Robin was trying to fight off the crow. Hmm. The crow killed the mother Robin and then ate, then killed it on my front lawn. And then, but a magpie watched the whole thing and just sat up there on the gutter. What a dink. And kind then, of the dick of the bird. And then once yeah. the crow sure. left, swept in, pecked away what was remaining of the mother. Gross. And then went up to the nest. Like, like it was hard to watch the whole thing and I wanted to intervene, but I was mostly mad at the magpie. Like, Sure. It was just waiting for the whole thing to happen. Oh yeah. So anyways, my confession is that like I I thought even I had this thought last night, like I wish I had a gun mm-hmm. so I could blast those magpies' heads off. Like I had that thought. That's a very violent thought. That's yeah. not the kind of thinking I normally do. So I'm confessing it. I don't feel great about it. Well, just to help you out on this confession, I have a You have a gun you gun. can lend me? A pellet gun. It's very <laughs> quiet. Yeah. And it shoots it's a biathlon trainer. Oh, okay. Shoots little Would it pellets. kill a magpie? Yep, it has. <laughs> <laughs> Proof of concept. Bonus we, confession. We should, uh, let's talk after this. We should, I want to procure this. I want this to happen. Yeah. Not all magpies, but there's too many. Yeah. Yeah. I just picture Tyler, you watching this bird fight for like an hour and like David Attenborough just like describing it. You know, well, it was like, awesome. Like it was so like nature. it was like watching. Yeah. It was like watching planet Earth. Yeah. Like yeah. right yeah. in my front. And I, I thought about going outside to intervene and scare off the crow. Listeners, but, as Tyler's talking, the magpies are literally flapping in the spruce tree behind him. They yeah, heard they're me. ugly little suckers. Oh, yeah. Birds are cool. Yeah, they are. Yeah, except for magpies. You know what else is cool? Email feedback. Uh, we love getting your emails, and we would like to read them on air. So please send them to harmoniousgentlemen at gmail.com. They don't all make the cut, but the ones that do are really good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you can also find us on social media: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, interact with us there. Um, if you can share anything that we post, yeah, we'd love that. If you can review us positively on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you do that stuff, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But the best thing you can do is if you know someone who likes podcasts, let them know about the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had a few yeah. people in the last, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks mention they've listened for the first time, which I thought was cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and I've had a few people who, who've been listening for a while, but I had no idea they'd been listening. Yes. Just kind of mention it, like, and both times or a few times it's happened, it's been really, it feels real good to hear someone yeah. say, I've been liking the podcast, and I had no idea they'd be listening. Yeah. So if you um, too want to make Tyler feel good, please tell him <laughs> you listen to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell someone else to listen to the podcast yeah. so they can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've stuck with us for a while, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It means a lot to us. Hopefully we'll be in your ears for many episodes to come. Well, I guess we'll see you next time, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. Oh. <laughs>